This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Do you say and do things when drinking that you regret the next day? Is alcohol a problem for you or someone you really care about? Over the next hour, we'll find out how people just like you and me found sobriety in AA through sharing their experience, strength and hope. Welcome to AA Live, brought to you by Alcoholics Anonymous. And thank you, Marty, for that great introduction there. Um, Welcome along, folks, to AA Live, and this is the show that explores recovery uh, through the AA program. Welcome along, Jan. How are you tonight? I am very good, thank you, Tony. How are you? I'm no, I'm well, thank you. It's lovely to see you. You too. And hello uh, to all the listeners out there. Nice to um, to know you're out there as well. Um, and um, with that said, uh, what do you say we start, Jan, with the uh, Serenity Prayer? And I think that it. sounds like a grand idea. Let's go for it. Let's do that. God, God grant me the serenity to accept, accept the things I cannot change, change courage to change, change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Righty-ho, folks. I am going to start off today. It's really lovely to be here this evening. AA is uh, a group of recovering alcoholics getting together just to uh, find their recovery. What we talk about here is just about our own opinions. Please don't think that it is something that is um, something you have to follow. It's just Tony and I having a wee chat. So I'm going to start with the preamble today. It's uh, Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organisation or institution. Does not wish to engage in any controversy. Neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. All right, I think uh, we might get into the start of things today with a reading. How's that, Tony? Does that suit you? Yep, sounds fine to me. All right. Whether or not you're an alcoholic is not determined by where you drink, when you started drinking, how long you've been drinking, or with whom you drink, what, or even how much. The true test is in the answer to the question, what has alcohol done to you? If it has affected your relationships with your family, friends, former or present employers, if it has influenced the way you schedule your days, if it has affected your health, if it determines or affects your moods when not drinking or your state of mind, if you are in any way preoccupied with alcohol, then the likelihood is that you may have a problem. That's from our pamphlet for the AA for Older Alcoholics. It's never too late. And I have to say, I ticked pretty much every box there. Right, yes. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You know, I think a lot of people have this imagery. We all, we all have pictures. We all, you know, we love stories. And we have pictures in our heads about what things are. And I think people picture a park bench and somebody sleeping on it with a, a bottle of vodka with a brown paper bag. Oh, but being the bottle of vodka, that's very specific there, Tony. <laughs> well, it might be gin. It could be anything. You know, it could, <laughs> it could be, be just could be wine. 
but I mean that's the imagery that you know we, it conjures up. But, Absolutely. But in fact, alcoholism, uh, you know, there is no respect to it. Um, we are lawyers. We are doctors. We are in mm. government. We are hospitality street, workers. Right. We, we are all over the spectrum. That's, a, that's I guess the point I'm trying to make. We are, you know, and we can be that person on the park bench as well. You know, um, mm. but. But alcoholism has many faces, you know. Um, Absolutely. And also, yeah. didn't you find that when we're in a meeting and we meet alcoholics, even we think an alcoholic is somebody with a paper bag. Even yeah, us alcoholics right. think yeah. like that. We get in there and, and we, we have this little battle with ourselves of, I can't be an alcoholic. I'm not on a park bench with a brown paper bag. Well, you know, some of us get caught up in the binge drinking thing. Why well, I don't drink every day. Exactly. So therefore, I can't be an alcoholic only, but... The, what the point that I think you were reading out there, Jen, was what happens when you consume this powerful drug. Yes. And uh, if things go out of control for you, then it may well be um, time to con- reconsider things, you know. Um, but anyway, uh, look, uh, let us uh, have a first track today. And this one is from Alanis Morissette, and it's titled You Learn.
You're listening to the AA Live Show in association with our friends from Otago Access Radio on 105.4. Now, uh, Jen, I think it's probably a good time to do a bit of a, a daily reflection. That's what, um, you know, what we do, why well, it's what I do in the mornings. And I'm noticing you do, we have this little book called um, Daily Reflections. And um, it's got a reflection for each day of the year. And um, so let me read to you today's um, one. And it's titled Making AA Your Higher Power. You can make AA itself your higher power. Here is a very large group of people who have solved their alcohol problem. Many members have crossed the threshold just this way. Their faith broadened and deepened, transformed. They come to believe in a higher power. And that comes out of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, page 27-28. No one was greater than I, at least in my eyes, when I was drinking. Nevertheless, I could smile at myself. I couldn't smile at myself in the mirror. So I came to AA where others... With a, where with others I heard talk of a higher power I couldn't accept the concept of a higher power because I believed God was cruel and unloving in desperation I chose a table, a tree and then my AA group as my higher power as time passed life improved and I began to wonder about this higher power gradually with patience, humility and a lot of questions I have come to believe in God now my relationship with my higher power gives me the strength to have a happy and sober life. It's yeah. a great reading. Yeah. Thank you, Tony, for sharing that with That's us. A, any thoughts on that one, Jen? Absolutely have lots of thoughts on that one. I need my daily reading every day, and I was very much the same, I suppose, when I first came in. I didn't have any belief in God, but I do now have a huge belief in my spiritual... Yeah, I, I feel every day that there's a spiritual guidance for me every day now. It's... it's, it's uh, yeah, I... I gain strength from that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, I guess um, having a higher power, um, believing in something bigger than ourselves, yes. is a crucial part of our AA program. And, um, you know, I, I guess, you know, the way I came to see it was, you know, I for years and years I've been trying to grab things around me and put them into me. But the spirituality that we're talking about is an organised religion. What we're talking about is a transformation from the inside out. So it was it was finding energy from the inside and radiating it out as opposed to me taking <laughs> yes you know what I mean um, the, 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 yeah it's, it's um, you know and like that reading said you know um, you know you can come along and believe in the group you know um, you know a power a group of people is a power greater than yourself it's not asking you to accept the whole proposition today so to speak you know no and that's what worked for me too because I was very weary at the start and it wasn't something I needed to be weary of at all no. it's been my higher power is something I who I talk to every day and as it says it's a higher power of your understanding so it can be anything and any or like he said, a table. Yeah. <laughs> so Just, it develops, mine developed yes. through time. And uh, yeah, I, I love my higher power. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> hey, um, so uh, folks, we've got a, um, Jan's been busy um, this week. And um, and so we've got an interview um, for you tonight. And um, so let's just get started with that. Oh, welcome everybody. I have the uh, luck of talking with a fellow today, fellow member of AA, Carol, and uh, I admire Carol and where she's been and what she's achieved, and I feel very lucky to be able to have a sit down and chat with her today. So welcome, Carol. Lovely to see you. Thank you for inviting me into your fuddy. It's very nice. 
Uh, thank you, Jan, for coming to my party. <laughs> <laughs> my pleasure. Hey, to have you. I know you have had, um, you've been on the radio a couple of times now. You've been kind enough to uh, share your story before. So I yeah. was thinking today we wouldn't necessarily talk about your story as such, but the changes in life for you from your AA journey. And I suppose for me, the first thought was we're in the month of May, which is the step five for us. And I was wondering if you would like to talk a little bit about the the change in your life from doing your steps four and five. So folks, those that aren't quite sure what I'm talking about, we have 12 steps that we do with AA and and the four and five are quite life-changing. And I'm just, yeah, wonder if you could share with us how that changed your life. Don't give us the nitty-gritty. No, no, <laughs> I do. But I'll tell you, when I did my step four, I took it literally from the book that we write our whole story. Mm. And, um, you know, that made it a very long, drawn-out procedure, which um, I used to, because I was quite paranoid, I was living with my husband, and he was still drinking, and I was paranoid about him finding what I'm writing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes so, I understand that. So I would uh, go to the park and write, and go to on my way to work, I would go to a, the Wendy's and sit in the parking lot and write, and I wrote and wrote and wrote. Um, so step four to me was looking at um, my life. I guess I, I looked at my whole life and saw where I was had a lot of resentments. had a resentments about my mother, of course. Mothers always seem to have resentments against them. And my husband. And uh, because we had moved around quite a lot, so every time we moved to a new country, place... Um, I always thought that it was going to start, it was going to be different, it was always going to be different, and, um, and I realized that what um, part of the problem was that I, I wasn't changing. I was um, drinking more, I was hiding more, I was afraid of people, um, of being in groups of people, and um, because I thought I was different from a lot of others, even in the rooms, I could sit in the rooms and feel different. But I would share that um, that I did share their feelings and how they felt underneath the skin, and I think for me that was um, opened me up. And I also had a sponsor, so um, she sometimes I thought she could read my mind already, and she put direct questions to me. So um, I was starting to open up. I was starting to get out of that shell that I put myself in for many years, hiding uh, who I was. I think we do live in a shell, don't we? We do. We we encase ourselves like mm. a dome, and yes. uh, we just it takes a lot to crack that dome. And if we travel from place to place, we don't really want other people that we feel different from to know what's underneath. Absolutely. So we carry that. Um, I was forty-eight years old when I came into Alcoholics Anonymous, so I had a lot of stuff underneath that shell. <laughs> <laughs> And I was, yeah, I was 49. <laughs> I so understand. <laughs> I was working with people that were so different from me that um, I was just working in administration. So I didn't understand. Um, yeah, so in Alcoholics Anonymous, I felt like uh, this is a place to start to write out who I am. I start to see who I am. And I get to share that with another alcoholic who is my sponsor. And um, I guess for me it was that 
I wasn't that bad. And, um, but I did have a lot of personality defects <laughs> that um, kept me locked in. And um, I guess telling my story, regardless if it took hours and hours, and uh, her sharing back to me some of her story made me feel that I, I'd lifted a great weight off of me. Um, did you find it took you months or weeks or how long did it take you to write your step? It took months. Months? Months. Mm. Um, because I could only write so much. And my sponsor used to call me on the phone and say, where are you in your life? And I would be, because I would be re-feeling what I was at that stage in my life, re-feeling it. Absolutely. I had that with step one and I'm in that process of step four. And yeah. the same, yeah, you're... you're it all comes up afresh, doesn't it? Yeah, and it, and you still feel the pains of it. And I think until we share um, it out loud with somebody and um, see ourselves a little bit more clearly, um, we feel, you know, lighter. Mm. Uh, but that doesn't mean that, you know, when I spent that hour sitting under a tree <laughs> um, with God afterwards, because that's what it, it says in the book, and I read the book, and I knew that's what it said to do, and make sure that I put all the all the sand and the stones and the concrete were in place, because that's the important part of it, and to see if I've left anything out, and that was the the stuff that I'd never told anybody. <laughs> mm, that would have been and um, very emotional, I imagine. Yeah, but it's like um, I felt that closeness of a God of my understanding, and. That made me feel like, well, I'm on this path. It was prepared for me, and I'm here, mm. and it's okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that is the thing. You came out. You're you were okay. Yeah, yeah. you're okay. At the end. And, yeah. and and then hopefully, hopefully, uh, my sponsor can point me in directions that I need to do, take actions to get over myself. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, yes, as humans. You know, because it isn't just, it's four and five to see what about your personality has been harming you and others, you know, uh, not just blaming somebody else for your life not going the way you thought it should have gone. And did you feel like that changed you as a person once you'd gone through that with your sponsor? Because it helps you to um, get rid of the resentments of the past, the resentments from the past are what you you um, you look at it and say, well, you know, my part of that was my um, the fact that I didn't share my insights, mm. so people didn't know me. So if I had a resentment, it's because I couldn't be honest enough to to um, to say who I was. Do you sometimes feel like that? Uh, we're running around with clown faces on and then doing that we take the makeup off and say here I am yes mm. and sometimes we can't say here I am right away <laughs> absolutely and, and that's, the, that's the growth that we get through going through the steps uh, four and five are a major turning point when we actually see ourselves a little bit more clearly and we working through step five is we find a way to forgive others for harms we think they did, <laughs> or, did, or they? They did. <laughs> they did, or they did, yeah, exactly. maybe they didn't. Mm. Uh, so we kind of um, we forgive. We we get to the forgiveness part of it. 
mm-hmm. where we can forgive others because then we have, you know, it's part of forgiving ourselves for the part we played. Absolutely. It is a recognition of our mm-hmm. own decisions, isn't it? Yeah. And the, the, the consequences of our decisions and behavior. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And uh, so, you know, it was, a, it was a turning point. And I think that basically going through the, the steps has helped me to, um, well, accept, okay, like talk about getting rid of the past, the, the feelings of the past, but I still had to live with the current stuff. <laughs> so the current stuff was the stuff I had to practice. Um, practice uh, letting go of um, perfection. <laughs> letting go of um, my pride. Being honest. Letting go of my, having some humility. Um, not feeling I was less than. Yes. That feeling of always being less than is doing that, that kind of work to change my perception of life day to day. And that's kind of the hard part because it you've got to work on it mm. and you've got to keep noticing what it is I'm feeling. And also I needed to also become stronger, be able to say no, um, just say and walk away and, and just not try to argue, not to have the last word. <laughs> You know, to say that's your opinion, that's not my opinion, to become. Because I I kind of was attracted to the biggest personality that would cover up my small personality. Yeah, right, fill in a space for you. Yeah, and I could hide behind that. So then I had to sort of change how I um, approached um, my life about becoming part of. I guess for me the biggest part was becoming part of a, a fellowship, being part of a home group, taking some responsibility. Um, it was service. Uh, it was all a bit. It was all together. Do you know what I mean? It's all together in developing who I am today. That has helped me to not be so worried about what other people say, or think, or do. To let it kind of wash over me. You're comfortable in your peace, own skin these days. Have peace and serenity. Mm. Uh, big words. Um, Love. I see you as a very peaceful person. You have a very peaceful aura. Mm, yeah. And whereas I never felt um, that I knew how to love people, and that's kind of grown. I mean, I had three children. I love them. <laughs> but but, but uh, I didn't know how to let other people in so I could love them. Yes, and not have an expectation. Or loved. Mm. Mm. It's, yeah. a, it's a fascinating journey, isn't it? Yeah. And so, what it can open, yes. what, what, what yes. there can be in that time. Yeah. Well, uh, what I've got now is um, uh, another reading, and this comes straight out of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, and um, uh, it goes along the lines of this. For us, the process of gaining a new perspective was unbelievably painful. It was only to be repeated humiliations that we were forced to learn something about humility. It was only at the end of a long road marked by successive defeats and humiliations and the final crushing of our self-sufficiency that we began to feel humility as something more than a condition of grovelling despair. Every newcomer in Alcoholics Anonymous is told and soon realises for himself and herself that this humble admission of powerlessness over alcohol is the first step towards towards liberation 
from um, its paralyzing grip. Um, Nicely read, Tony. That's yeah. got so much meaning behind it, and I think that is really true too. You need to become humble. I yeah. found my yeah, I found my humbleness. Well, I mean, at the start of things, we're not like this is uh, you know not a program of perfection. Uh, you know, steady progress is all that's required. And you know, <laughs> yep. uh, again, you know, uh, a form of humbleness is just having an open mind. A form of humbleness is just coming along to your first AA meeting. And, and thinking, you know, and, and experiencing what that might be. You, you know what I mean? You don't even realise you've got no. it. That, that coming into that first meeting no. yeah. is yeah. such a huge step in itself, but then you find out the meaning behind it. And there is humbleness behind it. Yes. And it is a handover. And that, that realisation that you uh, you were out of control. Uh, mm. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, um, there's, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's what it's the about. The paralysing grip of alcohol. Yes. Absolutely. Mm. Well, let's head back to the interview um, and um, catch up with Carol again. Carol, I was wondering if you could tell me, how many years have you been sober? I've been sober 25 years. Quarter of a century. On the 10th of June. How fantastic. 1995. I came to Alcoholics Anonymous for the first time. And I didn't know anything about Alcoholics Anonymous, actually. I didn't know that was Founders Day. And I didn't know until a year later when my sponsor said, oh, yeah, your uh, AA birthdays on Founders Day. Wow, how fantastic. So, uh, that's helped to keep me sober because I thought, oh. What a responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, um, yes, yeah, 25 years. 25 years. So in that 25 years... Quarter of a century, that astounds me, folks. I just think that's an amazing achievement. Do you find that you uh, have had times when you've needed to repeat step four and five? Is it something you do? I mean, I know that we look at the steps over and over again in our daily lives and there's certain parts of it that are part of our daily lives. But, yeah, do you find that you've had to go and revisit? Or were you that thorough? (laughs) I was pretty the role about my step four and five I was pretty thorough but um, I find that when you work through the steps and you get to step 10 that's your review of um, have I offended anyone today have I been kind to somebody today have I done somebody a good deed (laughs) today Um, it is looking at ourselves uh, when you know, I mean, I, I start the day with my third step prayer and my seventh step prayer. God, um, help me to be useful to you and my fellows. Um, to me, those are the um, this day, the prayers that get me started. And at the end of the day, to say thank you. If I feel like I've done something to hurt, harm somebody, I note, it, I note that. If I need to make amends, I make amends. I think that's for me is cleaning up my day. Um, I don't do it every day, but I do it if I. Um, if you find the need. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I mean, uh, to me, it's about um, giving something back that I've been given. Yeah. Absolutely. It's pretty empowering, isn't it? Mm. And I know that in the big book it says you didn't have to be a saint. We don't have to be saints. We don't have to. So I'm happy with who I am today. <laughs> and I'm. Have- do you ever think to yourself um, the relief that you feel that you walk through this world with now as being you, 
and the comfortableness of being you that you want to scream it from the rooftops just to get people in so that they can have that journey themselves. Sometimes you have to wait. Mm. But um, it's it's kind of thing is is now that I can I've had some time up. I see things differently, and I want to explain that to others. You know, especially newcomers. I want to give them the big picture that we can get to the promises. You know, and the promises are to aim towards. Uh, but it takes the work of working through the steps, and I think the steps have become more important for me to pass on working with others than just to have people come to meetings and um, not feel part of, you know? It's like to um, give them out love before they're, you know what I mean, to pull them in that way. <laughs> I do know what you mean. I often walk into a meeting and feel like when I sit down on the chair, I'm, I'm getting a hug. I'm in the meeting. It's like yes. one big hug. Yes. So yeah, do you enjoy that side of being a sponsor where you can give that ultimate care and kindness yeah. to for, somebody? For me, that's, for me, you know, when I first came into Alcoholics Anonymous, I didn't know what I was going to, what I was going to turn into, what I was going to become. Um, and sometimes I didn't know um, that something I know now is I, I can work with other newcomers. Um, sometimes in meetings I don't share very well because I, I, I forget bits and pieces of what I want to say. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, good on one-to-one. I may not be so good in a group still. I, you know, but everybody's got a gift. And when you're in Alcoholics Anonymous and you give, give yourself time to find out what it is, and then we pass that on. Absolutely. So even though you've said earlier on how you like to be the smaller person and, and that has come to be quite a powerful thing for you at the mm. end of the day, isn't it? Because you can give that one-on-one with the newcomers, yeah. which is a really uh, huge strength to have to be able to pass on. Do you uh, agree? Thank you. Mm. It, I feel like this is a gift that I have. Yes. And it was God-given. Mm. And, and it developed over a period of time. It didn't happen right away. <laughs> well, and also you had your eyes and ears open to be able to receive it and see it and hear mm. it. And mm. those are hard things to give up, aren't they? Yeah. You know, that control. Mm-hmm. Let go. Let yeah. people in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's certainly, it's folks, you can't see Carol, but I can. And, and she has got a fabulous aura about her. She is a very wise, loving person. It's lovely to be in her company today. So tell me, Carol, if you were to give, uh, you, you sort of insinuated before about newcomers and what you can give them, what would be your first sort of piece of advice to a newcomer coming into the rooms? Well, I do all and say to go to meetings and listen for the similarities and because um, even a newcomer coming to their first meeting may not feel comfortable for a long time but make it um, make going to meetings an important thing go to meetings listen and then my other suggestion is to help put out the chairs <laughs> um, dry the dishes afterwards <laughs> I become agree. part of mm, doing a little bit of service yeah. service that doesn't yeah. take a huge commitment 
But yeah. it is noted, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. It is. It's and, an important part of belonging. Mm. And for people like me, who felt like they didn't belong anywhere, uh, played roles but didn't really actually belong, um, that was the beginning of my starting. I mean, the other thing I thought is my sponsor asked me to stay for a conscience meeting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and yes. And I was quite uh, frightened of that. Um, conscience meeting is what we do is we have a meeting after the meeting where we talk about um, how much rent has to be paid. <laughs> do we need any literature? Do we need more coffee, tea, sugar? It's quite a simple thing, but it's part of uh, starting to be part of um, of the group. Is to um, what they did with me is they gave me the ban- the the little sayings to take home, <laughs> to little sayings, so that I would come back every week. Or you know, I mean, they gave me a commitment. Uh, right. Could be it could be a commitment like greeting, standing at the door and saying hello to someone, and um, it helps you really to keep coming back. Yes, I've just discovered that one of being the greeter at the door. And uh, it's quite nice to be able to be the person that stands out there with your hot cup of tea and say hello to people yeah. as they walk in if you yeah. have a chance. Yeah, that's right. So it's all, it is all about, so then after a while you start to feel comfortable with the people around you. Mm-hmm. And, and you grow from there because you go to other meetings and you see the same people and um, you realize that we're, this is, um, we start small, but this is a big, a big fellowship, and for me it was also going to um, area assemblies, being out of my comfort zone, and just keep doing it. I hear at area assemblies you have to basically go up and talk to people <laughs> on your own volition. You know, how was that for you? How did you find that? It was very scary. <laughs> <laughs> it was very scary. But the thing is that if I keep doing something that scares me, then I'm not afraid of it anymore. It's mm. so, a powerful thing. Yeah. It's very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And and you, we don't do it alone. So take somebody with you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I've heard there are groups of cars off they go and all, mm. the, all of us go together yeah. and, and uh, it's quite a nice little yeah. adventure. Yeah. And um, I look forward to those. Yeah. It's kind of, it's, but it, because it, you grow into it, you grow into it. So you start with your home group, mm. and you grow outwards. Mm. Mm. The power of it all. Yeah, lovely. And now we've got a bit of Fat Freddy's drop. Uh, let's clean the house.
Do love a bit of Fat Freddy's drop, Tony. <laughs> playing all the hits today, John. Oh, playing all the hits tonight. So uh, let's head back to the uh, the um, interview with Carol. Carol, the next thing I wanted to talk about was one of the things that um, I find all the time is that we've all come in, and by the time we get to AA, we're oh, we're downtrodden. We might have lost our homes. We might have lost our partners. Our, our relationships with people, our jobs, all those, yeah, we had a rock bottom, this is how it's sort of referred to that I've heard, and I suppose I wanted to sort of ask you now, what, what, what are your diamonds now, like uh, what are the joys in your life, what are the things that you think to yourself, gosh, I never thought, you know, at that time when you walked into AA or that became part of your life, you never thought you would have or you, you wouldn't achieve I do understand some of us think we do realise we don't need as much in our lives. Material things become very minimal. But 
Well, that's how I've found for myself anyway. But, yeah, what are the joys that you get from recovery? Like, what have you noticed? Well, today, today, um, I just think that without going through my life the way I have, which was kind of chaotic and kind of crazy, um, but I look at my life and see that I had certain strengths that um, resulted from that crazy, chaotic life. I, but I, but I also know that it took a long time to develop. Now I sit in my own home today. I have a relationship with my children. My girls are my friends. My husband, who I was one of my huge resentments, uh, is also my friend today. We share our history. And um, some of it was funny to look back on and, and talk about. <laughs> and I guess it's a, a, not dwelling so much on the negative stuff. Uh, think about more of the positive stuff, um, the funny, fun times, and um, the things that other people may not have experienced that we got a chance to in our life, living in different countries on the bones of our ass, <laughs> <laughs> and, and coming to uh, New Zealand and starting up again, uh, starting up again w- with a really good work ethic, working hard at um, creating some sort of life in a real house, I like to say, <laughs> and, uh, and watching our girls grow up and, and becoming the woman that they are today that are also strong and resilient. Um, I guess it's um, today I can be a friend to my neighbors. I can reach out to other people. I um, haven't got the fears that I came into Alcoholics Anonymous with. Um, they've become strengths. Like, you know, a lot of the things that I um, have changed, um, changed about my life, have helped me become a stronger woman. And, um, you know, I'm just totally joyous about Alcoholics Anonymous. It's a program that really works in my life. Um, it's, I have a family in Alcoholics Anonymous. I have um, people in my home group meeting that I can get really close to. Um, yeah, and I'm able to reach out and help other people without asking for anything in return and being really grateful for every day that I have above, above ground, I like to say. Because in some ways... Um, it seemed like a, a long, slow process, but when you get to this place where you feel serene and happy and you can look around and you know you're not not hurting anybody today by your behavior and you're, um, I don't know, it's, there's lots of diamonds and I think every day I wake up and I thank God for um, getting me where I am today. So Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. And folks, you can't see this, but... Um, sitting here in in Carol's lovely home and she had her cat on her lap having big cuddles and I could hear it purring so I'm not sure if you could hear it purring out there with this recording but it's a it's a lovely place to be today and uh, I'd just like to say we we've had some chats in between our recordings and it's been a, a really beautiful time and a good place to have a nice chat with Carol so thank you so much Carol for sharing your insight and your wisdom and and your kindness and your clever words thank you Jan it's been 
it's been a privilege for me to be able to sit and talk to Jan and know that, <laughs> you know, we all, we're all, we all think we're different when we come in to AA. And then we find out that we're all the same. Yeah. We're really all the same. The we same are. strengths, the same weaknesses. Absolutely. And as long as we Fears. continue laughing, <laughs> laughing is the best medicine, isn't it? Yes, I was actually in a meeting yesterday and we were all laughing and I overheard someone say, oh my gosh, it's so nice to hear laughter. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. I do that a lot in meetings. I laugh yeah. a lot. There was a, a lot of time in my end of my drinking where I would watch comedies and not see any humour in them at yeah. all. And I have now started to laugh again at programs that are yeah. know, supposed to be humorous. <laughs> and we're always humorous, but I'd lost my own humor. So it's yeah. really lovely to have yeah. you back. We come in crying and we go out laughing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, uh, I like that. We'll finish with that. Thank you so much, Carol. Thank you so much, Jan. Cheers. Wow, what a show. It's just gone so fast. I, I feel like I blinked. And, um, you know, and we are getting to the end of the show, folks. And, you know, with that, we like to have uh, a few announcements. Uh, just, you know, if this uh, program has resonated with you, you know, do something about it. That's, um, that's why we're on here. You know, we just want to encourage you, don't put up with this thing any longer. Yeah, know? don't be afraid. No. It's not scary. You know, um, start that journey that we've all started. And um, so, you know, with that said, Jan, would you like to uh, just um, just let people know what they perhaps can do? Yeah, um, sure. So Thanks, Tony. Look, if you need to, please don't hesitate to give our uh, 0800 number a call. It's 0800 AA Works, which is 0800 Six seven five seven. You can also check us out on our uh, AA Intergroup, Otago Intergroup, which the web address is aaotago.org.nz. You could post us even uh, a letter, a bit of correspondence to AA Otago Intergroup. That is at PO Box six one one five, Dunedin North, Dunedin nine zero five nine. And we also have our New Zealand website, which is aa.org.nz. Folks, it has been a pleasure coming in here this evening. And uh, I'll tell you what, Carol's interview, it was fun to do. And I thank Carol very much again for her time, uh, for sharing her her, uh, wisdom with us. And thanks for being with me tonight, Tony, and, and part of the show and all your listeners out there. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Um, yeah, no, and, and take care, everybody, and until next time. We'll see you then. Bye.
when I'm off you low When the world is cold I will feel a glow Just thinking of you And the way you look tonight You love me With your smile so warm And your cheeks so soft There is nothing for me But to love you Just the way you look tonight With each word your tenderness grows Tearing my fear apart And that laugh that wrinkles your nose Touches my foolish heart Oh, lovely, never, never change Keep that breathless charm Won't you please arrange it Cause I love you This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.